You're listening to the Sandpaper Marriage Podcast with Greg and Michelle McGahey. Real people, real marriage, real help. Hey, big shout out and thanks to our regular listeners and welcome to our new friends. If you believe that people can be challenged and encouraged by our Biblical Marriage Podcast, please share our Sandpaper Marriage Podcast website and blog. And don't forget to rate and review us. We really hate to ask, but these asks are necessary so that more people will know about us. Welcome to our episode number 13, Diaper Days. If you've heard someone say, the days are long but the years are short, you might be living in the diaper days season of life. This reminds me of the words of Charles Dickens. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. If you are in this phase, then you understand. But even if you're not, chances are you know someone who is. So please listen to this episode and share it with a friend. Michelle and I are in diaper days 2.0, which is to say that we have a grandchild now. (laughs) But our daughter and son-in-law are the ones who are really living it. 2.0 for us means that we only get a portion of the difficulty, and it's mostly good times as grandparents. It's been great. You're right, Greg. And I love being a grandma. But friends, please stay with us for this episode, even if you're beyond these days for yourselves, because you surely know young families And we would love nothing more than for our listeners to become prayer warriors and honorary family members for the young families of today. Besides, once a mama or daddy, always a mama or daddy. And we know a secret that new parents don't know yet. And that's that the mundane, imperfect, ordinary days often become the very most cherished of days. That's right. It is important for those of us who have been through it to support younger parents in our church family as well as in our biological family. You know, when your kids are between the ages of birth and about three or four, there is a lot of stressful situations that parents can go through. But those years are also fun and almost magical. However, if a couple has no good support system, they can often face marriage difficulties that they weren't really prepared for primarily due to major changes in life. For example, sleep may be interrupted for years, right, hon? Oh, my goodness, sleep interrupted for the first three years. How about that? Okay, so another stressor for young families today is a loss of income, going from two incomes to one so the mama can stay home with the children. Yeah, that can be a major stressor, all right. Oftentimes, the pregnant wife will continue to work for several months and then quit and that makes the loss of income more noticeable about the same time the baby is born. Other times, the mother may take an extended leave of absence, and that loss of income, coupled with all of the new expenses associated with child care, can do a double whammy on the marriage. And we all know that financial issues are a big factor leading to divorce. And also, there is usually a dramatic change in sexual activity for various reasons. We won't go into that much, but you can see how that can have a negative impact. Right. We won't get fully into that here, but I will say that even getting beyond the time restriction that the doctor put into place for complete healing, there may be some new obstacles as well, like 
New mom may feel self-conscious about her body's changes, or there may be some hormones off kilter. Even the very serious postpartum depression may have set in. These are all very good reasons for a young family not to stay away from their church community for very long. We as a Christian community need to surround our young families in practical ways and in spiritual and emotional ways as well. But if new parents aren't showing up, well, that makes it much harder for your church community to be involved and to be an invaluable support. You know, there are many in the millennial generation that have put off having children or have chosen to never have them. But God's way is best. And many have now chosen to dive into parenthood. You might have even heard that Chris Pratt was recently quoted as saying, rush to have children. And he says he recently had a conversation with someone that ended with, the younger you have kids, the more time they get to have with you. Now, I wouldn't exactly claim that he is a role model, but he is proclaiming the truth here. It's been so fun to watch our daughter and son-in-law and their friends as they're all building their families. Something they're all experiencing that we could never have fully expressed to them before children is how children are not only a sacrifice and a commitment, but they also enhance their experiences. And they are true and vivid, unexplainable blessings. We understand how a mama and a daddy can be so tired and worn out that skipping church can be an attractive option. The danger is that it can become a habit, and before you know it, you've stopped going altogether. Now listen up. We aren't trying to put too much importance on going to church. What I mean is church attendance isn't what saves you. No one gets to heaven because they were at church every time the doors were open. But I don't want to diminish it either. It is important and we are commanded by God to not forsake the gathering together of believers. And like Michelle said, the family of your church community is so important. But by being a part, not only may you be blessed by others, but you may be a blessing to others as well. Don't miss that. And these decisions that we make can add blessing to our children, or they can rob our children of blessing. So let's recap. We have talked about a few challenges related to having infants and toddlers in the house. We've mentioned sleep deprivation, financial and sexual issues, and church attendance. And that is in no way meant to be a comprehensive list. Maybe some things have come to your mind that we didn't mention. But the thing we want to emphasize is that season of life comes with many potential problems. But we also want to say that it is some of the sweetest time in your life. The good memories almost always outweigh the bad. We want to encourage you by this. Ask people to tell you their stories about their own diaper days, and I dare say you won't find regret among them. You'll find funny anecdotes, precious moments, lots of first memories, and yes, even a few stories about not getting any sleep. But they are usually told with a smile on their face and a twinkle in their eye. That's because children are such a blessing that it is more than worth the effort. So be encouraged by that. And if you are in these trying times, we want to offer some real help. Right, hon? Right, we do. And sometimes when we actually experienced a horrific moment with our children, we can look back now and laugh about it. So I think that's pretty cool how God redeems that. Yep. On the sixth day of creation, God created Adam and Eve. Then he blessed them. 
Then he gave his very first command to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. From the beginning of time, the sixth day to be exact, God's plan was for life and for procreation of humanity. No wonder the evil serpent is for a culture of death. But for the believer, simply birthing children is not where our job stops. Psalm 127.3 says that children are a gift of the Lord. And in Deuteronomy, it says that we should take his words to heart and soul. It says over and over and over in chapters 4, 6, and 11 that we should impress his commandments to our children, to talk about them when we sit at home, when we walk along the road, and when we lie down, and when we get back up. Our goal as parents is that we raise our children to follow Christ, to love him and his word, to love others, and to serve him. You know, there's a great leadership principle that applies nicely here. It's called the law of the lid. John Maxwell is a Christian leadership guru, and he explains in his conferences and seminars and books about the law of the lid. And that is, you cannot guide someone to a place that you have never been yourself. So in the law of the lid, as we're guiding our children to the Lord and guiding him and his precepts, we cannot take them to a place that we have not been ourselves spiritually. That's really good. Our priority is always going to be God first. Now, about preserving your marriage relationship during these times, in a nutshell, the biblical principles of marriage, if followed, will be enough to get you through. Husbands, if you're loving your wife as Christ loved the church, which is a sacrificial love, that means you will share in the duties because you want to protect her from getting too worn down. This means you will change diapers, sit up with the baby at night sometimes. I could go on and on, but you get the idea. If you are thinking about your wife and her welfare, then you will be driven to serve her. Now, I'm not naive. This is the goal, but it is really hard to do when you are worn to a frazzle yourself. The thing to do when you are struggling is to pray for her. It's really hard to be mad at your wife when you're praying for her good. That's really good, Greg. I had a thought. This piece of wisdom I think we've all heard, and I'm sorry I don't know exactly who to give the credit to, but here it is. The best thing a man can do for his children is to love their mother. Wow, I love that. And you can clearly see how this is rooted in Scripture. Mamas, there will be times or whole days, even entire seasons of motherhood, that life is not all blessings and benefits, but is filled with exhaustion, monotony, and defeat. These are times that we must discipline ourselves to hold our tongues. We need to train ourselves to speak life-giving words, not life-draining words. The Bible says that the power of life and death are in our tongue. And who is the recipient of our wagging tongue? Sadly, it's often our man. Or worse, it may be our children. I want to challenge every one of us, whether we're living in the diaper days or not, to meditate on Psalm 19:14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So, Shell, what would be the most important thing our friends should remember during the diaper days? Well, this is very important. In fact, this is an assignment from God to believing parents. But to be honest, 
I don't really hear this talked about much amongst believers, and that's tragic. I mean, I do hear about future plans and dreams for little Susie or little Johnny, but the evil one has lulled us into believing some myths when it comes to transferring our faith to our children. Here are several that we have identified. Okay, the first myth is that your faith can be easily passed along without being intentional. This is the old, well, it's better caught than taught mentality. And that's true to a point, but it must be taught as well as lived out. The Bible is clear that we should teach our kids. The second myth is falsely believing that it's not really the parent's job. That's what your youth pastor and Sunday school teachers are for. I mean, they are trained, right? Friends, that probably sounded ridiculous as I said it because it is. God has not given you the option. You are responsible for teaching your children about the Lord. Not to mention that one or two hours a week of church versus 40 hours of public school and 20 to 40 hours of TV per week is putting them firmly in the worldly side of that scale. Okay, myth number three is that it's just too hard. I'm not an expert in the Bible. Well, friends, you don't need to be an expert, and it's okay to say once in a while, I don't know, but let's find out together. To abstain from this duty because it is too hard creates the grave potential that can lead your child to eternal hell. And I I don't enjoy saying that, and, and I don't say it lightly, but it is truth, friends. Okay, and the fourth myth is the worst of all, and that is that you shouldn't try to teach your faith to your kids because they need to make up their own mind. Well, you know, you can't force them to be believers. Ultimately, they will have to make up their own mind. But listen, how can they make a decision if they don't know the facts? That's just common sense. Teach them the Bible. Teach them about Jesus. Teach them about your faith. And when they are old enough to make up their own mind, they will at least have the facts because they're not going to get it anywhere else. As I said earlier, one or two hours of Sunday school doesn't measure up with the amount of Satan's messages that are hitting them from our culture. Remember, God's word will not return void, so anything you teach your children, the Holy Spirit can use to lead them into a relationship with him. So, Greg, let's close these myths out by sharing a quote. If we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. So... Although we take the great responsibility to raise our children up to love and serve the Lord, we'd be remiss to leave out the immeasurable blessing of children. Even in my relationship with God, because of having children of my own, I had a greater depth in understanding some spiritual truths. I enhanced my grasp, seeing His truth as my eyes were open to a living example. Having children is God's plan. I've heard it said, A baby makes love stronger, the days shorter, the nights longer, savings smaller, and a home happier. I agree, hon. I don't think it is an accident that the primary relationship God chose to reveal himself to us is as our Heavenly Father. Friends, diaper days can be challenging, but the rewards are so worth it. Please don't let your marriage falter. If you are struggling, there's no shame in asking for help. If you are in need of advice or more, please reach out to us at sandpapermarriage.com so that we can point you to resources to help. We are serious, friends, because you are not alone in this. We're sitting right beside you.